0: Welcome to a weekly look at all things high school sports around the South Plains. Powered by the Lubbock Avalanche Journal, here's the Lone Star
1: Varsity Podcast.
0: Hello and welcome into the Lone Star Varsity Podcast. I'm Mike Graham, joined by Carlos Silva. Very important week of softball and baseball. Uh, Can't wait to get into it. Uh, Carlos, how you doing?
1: Doing well, man. It seems like I haven't seen you in, what, five minutes or something like that? It's it's been a busy week. I know uh, everyone that's been asking us about the Lone Star Varsity Banquet, of course. This will be happening or recording or maybe coming out a little bit afterward. But for those that maybe catch this a little bit before, it's... Of course, uh, May the 30th, that's Wednesday, 6 p.m. at the Lubbock Memorial Civic Center. Hopefully we'll see a bunch of you out there. I know we've already got 250-plus Lone Star Varsity athletes coming to this, and we're really fired up to obviously uh, honor all those accomplishments. But for some of these uh, teams, like you just said, baseball, softball, their teams are not done and their accomplishments are not over yet, Mike.
0: Absolutely, and most pressing, the Borden County girls are going to play in the 1A UIL state softball tournament, which is a really big deal. because, And in Belton, which I had no idea up until I saw the schedule. You're right. They're going to be playing their state semifinal game at the University of Mary Hart and Baylor yep. in Belton. The play at 11 a.m. and if they win that game they're going to get on a bus and go to Austin yep. and, and join the rest of the uh, state contingent um, at uh, Red and Charlene McCombs Field down in Austin at, on the University of Texas campus and you know there there are mixed feelings about having to go to Mary Harden and, yeah, uh, and then back um, and then go into Austin but that's that's the way it's going to be this year and and for this program which is only three years old mm-hmm. which has watched its boys teams be so successful this is a very very big deal
1: not only that but especially just for the coach I know I've spoken Peter uh, Benavides a couple times before last year when he was coaching uh, one of the all-star teams for softball. He was just excited just for the team coming back, and he said that there might be a special run here, and I kind of laughed a little bit because I know sometimes uh, when you kind of make these too early preseason polls or too early kind of guesses, you kind of wonder, but Peter saw something with this team and certainly... They are there. They are ready, and they are a very great hitting team.
0: Yeah, dead on. And this only being their third year, they yeah. they still haven't had any players go through the program, freshman through senior mm-hmm. year. So what they've built is is pretty impressive. They have the best winning percentage of all four teams involved in the state tournament at twenty five and four. Uh, they're going to go up against Ector, which is uh, nine and twelve mm-hmm. from that area, and then on the opposite side of the bracket, Slocum, which is seventeen and three and DeHanas, which is 11 and 13. So uh, I think that a lot of people think it's going to end up being Borden County and Slocum in the state championship game down in Austin, but first they're gonna to have to get by Ector, and uh, Ector with its 9 and 12 record, they are, I, I guess they're, they're not overlooking them just because they're from a different part of the state, who knows what kind of competition they've played, and they're very excited to
1: get down there. Well, not only that, but then when you kind of get to these six-man levels, I know people are kind of wondering, well, how are they at a under 500 level? Well, sometimes you don't play that many games. And uh, I know you mentioned them before the, the Borden County uh, boys basketball team, they didn't play many games because they were still playing uh, in basketball. So, I mean, you're not necessarily uh, kind of uh, able to kind of maybe get into your rhythm, but certainly the Borden County lady cows have done that, especially with the way that they pitched and the way that they've hit the last couple of games. I know we, uh, mentioned uh, one of them. I believe it was Haley Gray. I apologize if I got her name wrong, but I know she was one that was uh, very, very uh, capable and did very well last weekend, and she was one of the reasons that they were able to win, won a wild game, uh, where both teams, I want to say, scored in double-figure runs, and then all of a sudden, uh, you kind of get this big run here, and now here you are at the state tournament. You're exactly right, and, and Coach Benavides
0: really wanted to feature his only two seniors. Those are uh, Harley Merrill. At the, Harley the, Merrill, yes. Harley Merrill inside the circle, and then Brooklyn Sheatham, who's a third base baseman mm-hmm. outfielder and kind of just a general utility player. And it was really cool to talk to them. And, and Bina Vana has made a great point. This is the this is kind of the breakthrough team on the girls' side for a high school that's had a lot of success the past mm-hmm. three years. And we'll get into that a little bit more when we talk when we shift over to baseball playoffs. Mm-hmm. But this is a program with a lot of success and it's had a lot of success on the girls' side on in in the academic sphere and now here they are coming out and uh, and making the state tournament. And considering that they're going to bring back nine of 11 players next year, they're pretty excited about what the future holds for them even after this year
1: yeah and not only are they excited for the future but the present I mean you mentioned two seniors I mean when you think of that you got at least a little bit of leadership but when you think about the other things where you've got some underclassmen stepping up as I kind of mentioned before not only that but then when you got a girl in Harley Merrill who I want to say has at least pitched about 95 percent of their wins and not only that but she's gotten into a rhythm and that's one of the biggest things in softball because you're not necessarily looking at these pitch counts with softball you're just trying to get someone that can be your number one your number two Borden County has that with Harley Merrill and I think uh, they have that as well at the number two spot and I think if you have those two things play solid defense don't give up easy bases by walking people i think you're going to be in a very good position to win and i think that's what peter has uh coach benavides pardon me has with the lady coyotes absolutely just a couple of quick notes on this one since they're they're not automatically going
0: to austin it's going to be uh, really interesting for them should they advance out of the state semifinal they're talking about getting a practice in after winning a state semifinal game at a local city park in austin just just to get some reps before they go up against either slocum or DeHannis but of course they're still going to have to get through Hector. So moving on into baseball, yep. New Home has already punched its ticket yep. into the uh, into the state championship. Big win over it's, Borden County yeah. by the way. Mhm. State got, going to the state tournament. Uh, they won 16 to 6 in game 1 and they came back after a loss in game 2 a 9 to 5 win in game 3 and that was the end of Borden County's amazing run on the boys side with the uh, current senior class that they had been they had won two state football championships, been to two state basketball tournaments, mm-hmm. and I guess they, they had been to two state baseball tournaments before bowing out this year in the regional championship rounds. So great job to those guys. And uh, Trace Ritchie, you know, I think everyone knows him. He was yep. a 1A Lone Star Varsity Player of the Year on the football side. Coach's son. A really good basketball player, really classy post on uh, Instagram, mm-hmm. congratulating new home mm-hmm. and uh, memorializing his time there. He's moving on to play Wayland Baptist football.
1: Which just goes to show, I mean, even though you play six-man football, you can always find an athlete or a kid that has played at that high level, like you said. So much experience that that's going to be a huge addition there for Whalen Baptist and their program there in Plainview. But the other thing that you have to remember, too, is they've had the same coaching staff there for a long time, too. So that just goes to show you the same thing with Coach Benavides as we were kind of alluding to. He's been there the last three years. More than likely, he'll be there for a couple more. And When you kind of have that sustainability, that's going to sustain your success, and they're going to have plenty of that success as well whether it's in the football baseball basketball or any of those other sports realms as well but let's just uh talk about new home and just uh the the way that they were able to kind of get there just because of it's a very young program too it it, that that seems to be the theme here young programs that are kind of making their mark this year in the postseason yeah you're right i mean just to
0: start new home is a growing community it's kind of getting the overflow from the cooper district Mm -hmm. and they're they're leaving six-man football this year. The next, this upcoming academic year, there'll be a Class 2A program playing 11-man. And they seem to have more boys at their school than girls for mm-hmm. whatever reason. Uh, and I, I think you kind of saw that, that they're becoming a large 1A. Of course, they'll remain in 1A in sports mm-hmm. outside of football. They just want to bite the bullet there. Yep. Um, and, and did really well. Yeah, They uh, run rule, Borden County. That's a really big deal. I don't think that had ever happened before. Well, 16-6. not only that, but then,
1: I mean, it's just it's tough to score runs at the six-man level because you have either your one guy that can throw fastballs and maybe a weird little breaking ball, but the fact that you're able to get that many runs up, and not only that, but run rule someone, that, of course, means that you get 10 runs by the fifth inning. That just goes to show how much you were rolling in that game.
0: Yeah, no doubt. And then a dogfight in, in game three. I don't mm-hmm. think that New Home broke that open until the fifth inning. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So moving on to New Deal this is this is an active game. They're going down and playing Holly New Deal 28 and four Holly 27 and six meeting in the 2A regional championship round and boy, I can't wait to get out to that one after learning about uh, New Deal last week against De Leone. De Leon was a vaunted team mm-hmm. had a lot of fanfare a lot of people thought that that would be the team to get out of the region blew them they're, out in that first game yeah they're nicknamed their're nicknamed the Bearcats and yes. uh, they're, they they basically they've moved on in the playoffs. Playing a team, the Holly Bearcats, who basically have the exact same resume, Holly still hasn't lost a game in the postseason. And in the story of this one, well, the New Deal's advancement anyway, the story in in that one was that they bounced back from an 11-1 run rule loss Mm -hmm. to take two on uh, Saturday.
1: And I mean, that just shows your grit and determination, not only that, but your resiliency. Because after, I, I can't remember if it was Brandon Cornado that you spoke to, but basically one of the players, or maybe it was Kochi Barra that I'd spoken to afterward as well, but they got embarrassed. And it takes a lot of gumption to go back on a field where a team embarrassed you, and you'd kind of really kind of buckle up, kind of bow your head, and you just kind of say, you know what, let's play another game. Let's see if we can win two. They won that first game, and they won number two. And not only that, but they won that number two game. In very dramatic fashion and they use that positive momentum as you kind of mentioned in your story to kind of really push them to a to a breakthrough win in that game three mm-hmm. and i think what a lot of people
0: won't know about this series and unless it's expressed is that a lot of strategy went into it across the board and in game oh one, yeah the
1: suicide bun uh,
0: in, in in game one i mean they they played the best pitcher that they faced all season the mm-hmm. 6-3 guy throws in the upper 80s uh, kind of uncommon especially on the 2a level but yeah. uncommon across high school baseball in mm-hmm. general so the The goal in that game was obviously to get a win but secondarily and most importantly moving on was to work him in the pitch count and they did Mm -hmm. he he really didn't he he didn't hit the pitch limit and he came back in other games but he wasn't very effective because he just you know had one in so he didn't really impact the game one way or the other so while they lost 11 to one they worked the pitch count it was a 6-0 game i believe until the seventh and then uh de leon added another six runs so moving on um in Game Two, that was a tight game the whole way through. A dramatic drop off in pitching from De León yep. uh, goes to extra innings, and De León puts two men on in the top of the eighth. And Ibarra uh, brings up the defense because he he knows that uh, if, if I mean he knows if it's a long it's ball, either do or they die. Probably or lose, die. but yeah, they can they can turn a double play. That's yep. what they did, uh, and then they load the bases with one out in the bottom of the eighth. Get some onions. Yep, Tanner Seeley. Does a squeeze bunt, Leighton yep. Reed comes, you got an even series. Moving on, uh, I guess that really deflated daily De on because uh, New Deal won the final game 7-1. to And fun fact in this one, starting catcher Brandon Coronado pitches, seven, pitches
1: five innings in relief. Yeah, well, I mean, it just goes to show the type of versatility you have at these smaller levels because you've got – Less kids, But the one thing about uh, some of these kids is they're very athletic. I mean, Brandon Cornado, you say that name. I think football and track. The kid's a quick kid. And not only that, but when you play multiple sports, you have multiple facets of your game that are improved by said sports. Your hand-eye coordination in football, your speed and track, and certainly that helped him uh, hopefully a little bit in terms of either his footwork with his pitching. But the the one thing that you have to like, too, that – is maybe a good sign, and maybe Coach Ibarra kind of mentioned this to you when you spoke to him, but the execution of his team. I mean, you call these things, but you have to believe that this is going to work, and I know you mentioned that in your story on the looking ahead. When you believe in it and you work it, and not only that, but you execute it, especially at Suicide bunt, because that is a huge, huge momentum swing both ways, especially if you don't execute, DeLeon obviously gets the out. They win that game, but you do that, and then obviously that gives you a huge bout of momentum, and that's what they have going into this game against Holly.
0: You're right. And so, moving on to this Holly series, it's a three game series. Uh, once again, the two way regional championship rounds. the winner of this game is going to advance on to the state tournament down mm-hmm. in Austin next week. They'll join New Home, whoever it is. Uh, game one will be played at 6 p.m. Thursday at Snyder's Moffett Field. One of the best kept baseball field. I'm really excited say, now that you talked I'm, I'm about I'm that. I'm telling you,
1: man, it's picturesque. It is beautiful.
0: So 6 p.m. Thursday, then they'll mm-hmm. return Friday. They'll play at 4 p.m. Mm-hmm. And if needed, they'll play a game 30 minutes after game two ends, and that will decide who goes to the state tournament.
1: So obviously a very exciting time here for New Deal. I know uh, they, they obviously had a breakthrough run in basketball, had a potential breakthrough run in football. They're getting to that cusp, but I think when you kind of see all the athletes they have, the one thing you notice is, hey, they're not all seniors, so they may come back and like you kind of mentioned with the new homes or the... The Lady uh, Coyotes at Borden County. You got a lot of kids that are gaining, gaining this experience, which is good. And unfortunately, if the run does kind of end, the future is still bright. But right now, the run is still going, and I think they want to keep it going.
0: Absolutely, and then one more thing before we wrap this up. I want to talk about the
1: hog brawl coming up, and you've got oh, experience Oh, that's right. That. I forgot about that, the old Lone Star Varsity hog brawl, the uh, lineman challenge where I, I know I've kind of explained this to you and you're kind of fired up about it. It's just sometimes you see all these skill position players kind of get all the spotlight. You see the seven-on-sevens, the quarterbacks, the running backs, the wide receivers, and you, ne- you you don't necessarily see something like this where you kind of do a event solely for the offensive lineman, and that's what this Lone Star Varsity – Hog Brawl is, which I believe is going into its fourth year. I apologize if I got that number wrong. It should be four. I'm terrible at math, as you well know, Mike. But it's our fourth annual Lone Star Varsity Hog Brawl. Uh, We were fortunate that Coach Max uh, Catwinkle at uh, Lubbock Cooper was very gracious to help us out once again. It's going to be June 16th. I believe it's going to start at about 8.30 for the pre-registration. Yeah, I know, sports writers waking up before noon. That's going to be fun. 8.30 a.m. for pre-registration where you can kind of get all your T-shirts and all the other stuff for teams that have been to it. Last year I believe we had about 16 teams uh, go into it. There's a tire pull or tire uh, push, a truck push. And then just some other things, bench presses, just some things to kind of show or just kind of accentuate what an offensive lineman is, strength, speed, kind of all the other things. we got video, photos, and kind of all those other things. And if you have any any questions, you can obviously email us at sports at com, and we'll send you the link to kind of sign up for it. I believe we have four to five. We'll kind of really ramp up uh, kind of asking coaches if they're interested after this Lone Star Varsity Banquet that's kind of (laughs) filled up our days, as you well know, Mike. But that's really the – the biggest thing with that, I, I appreciate you mentioning that. I totally forgot about it. But, yeah, June the 16th, I want to say it's about at eight a, 8.30 a, 30 a.m. Uh, like I said, if you have any questions, sports at lubbockonline.com, and we can get you that information and how to register and kind of all those things as well. But it's always a fun time. We uh, give out two awards, obviously, for the small school and the big school. Uh, team that does win and it just brings some camaraderie. I know last year Marcus Shavers who was then the head coach at Estacado felt it really kind of brought his guys together because it was just a little rallying point for the guys something that they can say hey we won this hey we're pretty good.
0: And then just We'll go over the coverage plan this week, and I, of sure. course, will be with New Deal. Carlos, you'll be with the Red Raiders hosting the NCAA Regional, and Don Williams will be your companion for that one.
1: He will. He'll be doing a sidebar, and just to kind of really wrap it all together, there are a couple of uh, Lubbock, uh, Lubbock high uh, – former standout uh, Michael Davis and then of course Braxton Fulford I know you didn't cover him but he was a catcher Uh, he was our hitter of the year last year for the Lone Star Varsity uh, Super Team that of course uh, if you're one of the coaches listening don't forget to send all your uh, nominations for the Lone Star Varsity Super Team in terms of softball and uh, baseball sports at lubbockonline.com that's kind of our catch-all email so we can make sure that we do get that we appreciate you all and all the uh, help you've done throughout the season but Yeah, definitely uh, fired up to hopefully kind of wrap up the sports here. This is really where it kind of gets to the tail end, the finish line, if you will. And then kind of Lone Star Varsity uh, hog brawl is really kind of where it really kind of caps it off just because you kind of get to see all the kids kind of enjoy themselves.
0: Absolutely right. So we hope you enjoyed this podcast. We appreciate you listening in, and we can't wait to write at you later this week.